Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Throwaway Dialogue, a podcast where three serious nerds talk about games that we just can't stop playing. My name is Skull, and I'll be hosting our conversation today as we talk about Valheim, the wildly popular Viking-themed survival crafting game. I'm joined today by two of my good friends who also love to talk about video games. Dylan. Hey, how's it going? And Adam. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? So, Valheim. If you haven't heard of this Viking-themed survival crafting game, it just recently released as an early access game on Steam. And it's already amassed over 3 million, 4 million players in just a matter of weeks. So why is it so popular? Why are so many players, including ourselves, checking it out and staying there? We're going to break down exactly what we love about this game and why we think Valheim does survival crafting better than anyone else. I want to hand off to you guys now to kind of talk about survival games, Valheim in general. I mean, what is a survival game and how do I survive? <laughs> Well, survival <laughs> games as a whole are games that focus on you as a character surviving the elements. Some games focus more largely on food or staying warm through winter. Some games focus more on health bars and surviving fights with giant monsters. But ultimately, the premise of most survival games is survive. It's kind of in the title. And in particular, Valheim takes an interesting, so to speak, framing of it by focusing both on food as a tool to be used in battle against epic Norse monsters. Right. So you're basically like your run-of-the-mill. I mean, it's all Minecraft derivative, right? So Minecraft mines shit out of the ground. You build buildings. You fight enemies. That's the game. To, to break it down to its most core components, right? At its most core, yeah. And also you're kind of bringing in a little bit of... I'll use a different tag to describe it. A crafting game. But in essence, most survival games end up kind of having feet in both pools where you have survival and crafting side by side. Minecraft is very much so a survival crafting game where your goal is, of course, to stay alive, but also that you're gathering resources, like you said, pulling them out of the ground, cutting down trees with your fists, and then building giant statues to whatever you like to build statues to. Right. I mean, it's fun to build stuff. I mean, that's kind of one of the big appeals of the game as far as just you're building things and you're really doing it together. I think Valheim is one of the first survival games that co-op has really been fun for me, at least personally. I don't know. What sort of other co-op survival games have you guys played? The first game that really actually sucked me into this type of genre was actually Raft, uh, Raft. which is an early access game, which I think is kind of a play on Rust, but basically you're stuck in a boat trying to build up your boat to survive a post-apocalyptic uh, water world, except it doesn't have. Oh, God, I can't. What what's, what's what's the what's the name of that actor that that's in Waterworld? Uh, Kevin Costner. Obviously. Yeah, it's like Waterworld, but without Kevin Costner. Um, <laughs> so you don't have gills, and there's no aircraft carrier. No, <laughs> and you know, dirt is slightly more plentiful, and you but you still get excited when you see it. But yeah, so that was probably my introduction to uh, the franchise. I I actually have not uh played minecraft and i've not played rust uh which i think mm -hmm. are kind of like the two staple i think those are intro. the two most popular especially right yeah that's now. amazing yeah. um yeah minecraft um, is far and away the most popular game i think at least on youtube i'm pretty sure there's like billions of hours of gameplay more than any other game just well and stuff it's just so yeah popular. i i kind of adamantly refuse to get into minecraft because uh in real life i also 
kind of had a, a budding Lego collection. And so I kind of thought, well, I already do that in real life. Why the hell would I do that in a video game? <laughs> um, and I've never played Minecraft. So I somehow escaped that craze. But I played probably a lot more of the obscure survival games. So I, I played DayZ, which if you're unfamiliar, is basically the most unforgiving survival game set in Russia. Um, God, I hate Where <laughs> if you don't have an open map or a tutorial... <laughs> Um, and your friend walking you through how to take two sticks and put them together to make a spear, you will just die for like an hour straight <laughs> every five minutes. Yeah, that sounds that sounds um, like my Daisy experience. Yeah, I, I think in paper that game is actually really cool, and I think it's one of the true games where they established the uncertainty of every player encounter that you, you came up with. I think that that is what Daisy did really well. The, the whole notion that there's zombies everywhere, there's better resources the further you, further you go inland, um, but really it's the people that are the scariest things you'll ever come across. I think they did a fantastic job with that. Yeah, so I played that game, and then I also played The Forest. And I think, Adam, you played The Forest. Um, at least I think I've seen it on your, your Steam profile. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got a few yeah. hours in it. Yeah, that, that that's, a, that's a really good game. Um, I played a lot with uh, some of my family members, I think what they did the best with that type of survival game was the artificial intelligence of the bad guys was so good that it was creepy. And that was the horror of the game is how smart the bad guys were. And they would always attack your base. So like the survival mechanic was make a base that keeps you alive. Mm -hmm. So you had to build cool defensible bases to not die. Um, and what yeah. I like about this is we've wrapped around and touched on a whole bunch of the really big survival crafting games that kind of were... I'll call predecessors to the full genre. We've touched yeah. on Daisy, which of course was actually one of the first to do survival point, crafting. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in addition to that, we've touched on Minecraft. And those two games in particular had the most amount of time to really develop their gameplay. I mean, yeah. Minecraft Alpha came back out or came out in 2009. So they've Jesus. had a couple years to develop themselves. And then, of course, Daisy gave birth to must be dozens of i'll call it oh, daisy clones genre absolutely mm -hmm. and yeah and it comes down to all of their uh different server types all the mods people made and installed and it also in my opinion gave birth to the games like rust and it gave birth to arc survival evolved oh my god interesting arc. how oh god arc survival evolved it is interesting how they all have a lot of elements in common from that one um, yeah. let's focus back on the valheim because that's kind of the the game that we're all playing right now uh, yeah. Just real quick, I'm not. I want to know how much you guys have played of it since it came out. I'm not nearly as much of a survival buff as you guys are. I guess I could say I have just around a dozen hours. Like really not, really just kind of getting my toes wet still. But how much have you I, guys played? I'm so appreciative that you go, have played a reasonable number of hours. Moose, <laughs> if it's all right, I'll let you take the next number. You know, Ian, you and I were were talking about this before we recorded the podcast. You were like, "Hey, try and have how many hours you've played into this game." And I looked at Steam, and I was just blown away the fact that I already have 30 hours on this game. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I think I've only we've only had it for like two weeks, and for a gamer these days, for me, like that's a lot. That's a lot of hours to. Be <laughs> that's almost a full time job. Game. That's almost a full time job. Holy smokes! Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that blew me away. I've played some multiplayer with some friends and got probably closer towards the mid game, and then I've started a solo run through that I'm kind of still in the beginning of the game. Yeah, I've really just played the first. The, I've, I've, I mean, I've been playing in a multiplayer world, so I've kind of experienced some 
of the very first elements, you know, finding a base location, talking oh, yeah. about the tutorial, you know, punching trees, that sort of stuff. And also I've gotten the privilege to kind of check out some of the later game stuff where I log on like, hey, we built 10 more hours worth of base. Come check it out. Look at all this cool stuff we unlocked. Oh, um, yeah. A lot of that, I think, is uh, thanks to Adam. How much have you played? Uh, so technically speaking, if I'm not wrong, I was one of the forerunners of the group. I picked up the game uh, nine days ago now. Uh, yeah, I think everyone was, else I think picked uh, up eight days or ten or seven days ago. I think we started that server with you, me, David, and John, right? Yeah, that you guys day. led me by a little bit, but I was one of the forerunners, and by the next day, 32 hours later, I had recorded 24 hours of gameplay <laughs> with eight hours of sleep in there. <laughs> and then, the power of and a now I am up to a whopping 80 hours of gameplay. I know. Eight hours of gameplay, you say? Okay, that's I like know. World of Warcraft. We got a, we got a fan. It's a crack addiction, man. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Okay, so you, you're the expert here. You've you've played a hell of a lot of this game, huh? Have you? Okay. So there's like, if I remember right, there's five bosses in the game. Have you beaten all of them? Are you halfway through? Where are you at? As far as so progression. I'm, I'm going to give myself a soft, uh, a soft, seventy-five percent of the way through the game. Okay. And I'll call the majority of that grinding and doing what survival crafting games do best, which is being open-ended. A lot of the time has been spent building and foraging and uh, cutting up forests for timber to build houses. It's been a lot of milling about not doing a ton of useful stuff, but I'll admit there have been some pretty epic boss fights between my first few hours and right now. The boss fights are, are, are really a lot of fun. I've only done the, the first boss, but we just hopped in a boat, me and like four of the other new guys who just hopped onto the server, and we went to the boss fight, took it on. It was really fun just kind of getting to have that experience without necessarily, for me, I didn't have to grind, you know, cutting down tree after tree to get just the basic equipment needed. Because I don't, I, I don't really like doing that with my survival games, if that makes sense. I'm not really a grinder. I think the more experience I've had with this game, I can totally see kind of how you describe like your total playthrough experience and like how Ian you're like hey like have you you know how many bosses have you defeated I, I think this game <laughs> uh you know for, for folks that aren't aware the game is procedurally generated it's on a giant sphere and it's a massive map um like the first time you play you don't realize it but the moment you hit your scroll wheel and you start to zoom out you realize how big the map is and so Yes, there's an objective to this game to you know, defeat five monsters, but you as a player can decide how much time between your main objective and just messing around building a cool Viking settlement you know, is, is going to take or how much you want to explore around. I think there's another survival game that I, I actually have played, and I, the more I think about it, I think it actually applies, is uh, No Man's Sky. Uh, this game is like the good rendition of no man's sky not not not, not the what right. not what it shipped but the, the game that it eventually came to be and so this is like the viking equivalent so instead of a spaceship you're in a long long boat you know there is categorically a point to no man's sky to get to the the center of the galaxy but you as the explorer decide how long that actually takes mm -hmm. and so i think this game has a incredibly well-designed wanderlust and also a bunch of fun and rewarding things to do in the middle that you as a player get to decide how long all of that stuff takes yeah i i definitely agree that the exploration is really cool that's something i enjoy doing in this game a lot more than in other survival games is just the the way you interact with the environment and 
both exploring and and even resource gathering like normally if you're just punching trees i, I kind of i don't really like that too much but when you have to chop down the tree and it falls and it can knock the other trees down i think that's a, a really unique way to incorporate just some diversity into some of the more common tasks you do especially compared to rust where you're like i'm punching a tree or i'm hitting a rock i have to click on the x like that's literally all it is the whole interacting with your environment is really cool and i i think that valheim is a game that has really brought in a lot of the best elements of all these other survival games we've mentioned into one package really and i think i mean whether it's harvesting resource you know organization and storage or combat exploration base building all of those they've really kind of figured out a really good way to do those and keep the players interested there's no part of valheim i feel that is really too grindy because um, if it was too grindy i wouldn't do it you know I enjoy just going out, oh, I'm just going to go explore. Oh, hey, there's a tree. I'll knock it down. Oh, some rocks I need. Great. Uh, it, it's very easy to to gather resources and explore at the same time, which as someone who isn't going to spend 80 hours <laughs> in two weeks on it, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I really like how you guys both put that, is that it's a mixture of, you know, this this great open world filled with wanderlust and things to do, but the things you're doing don't feel like, grinding and i feel like it feels a lot like subnautica where every place is new every side of the the ocean you're exploring is this crazy mystery that you get to go and you just so happen to be getting these resources as you go along and sometimes you know you'll you'll resign yourself to, you know what i gotta cut down half a forest to build this massive longhouse <laughs> but ultimately that wanderlust lets you go out and explore and see this massive world that's procedurally generated for you, but it feels so real. And also, one more thing about piggybacking on that uh, that Viking longship sailing over to kill a giant monster. Having five Vikings hop into a boat with spears and bows and axes at the ready, and then sailing over to another continent to fight a giant lightning deer <laughs> was a pretty epic experience. I agree. There's been some really cool, <laughs> just really fun experiences. And that's the sort of thing that sticks with me in these games. Is yeah. Like me and my friends sail across somewhere in the middle of a storm and there's lightning crashing and, and suddenly we land and there's just enemies attacking us. Like it, it's, it does a great job of building these almost cinematic moments without really you noticing. If there is a Subnautica-esque Leviathan hiding in the ocean, which I could totally <laughs> see from a Norse game. I'm going to be a landlubber for like the rest of this game. That might, that might actually... We have... Uh... I think I think the first time we got in our raft, we had someone pump it. Someone took damage oh, while we were god. crossing the water. So, oh my god. Uh, do you want spoilers or do you not want spoilers? No, no, no I don't spoiler want spoilers, spoiler but at the here. same time, that monster in <laughs> Subnautica... It's Norse mythology. You know it's like, coming. I can't... Uh, you know it's common. I can't handle scary. And there's, I, I, yeah, I can't handle. Just hold fast to the mast. Yeah. Put your hand on it and, and, and pray that your skipper yeah. will get you out of the way. Y'all might need to like pop do. onto my game session and just hold my hand when that happens. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, tell you what, I'll, I'll I'll spoil something for you that's not related to that. Okay, uh, terrific. And just to inspi uh, give me fear. <laughs> oh no! It's actually. It's, I, I hope it in in some sense gives you hope. Okay. Uh, a type of you know, if we're referring to Subnautica, a reef back is present in the game where there are krakens that sit like giant islands in the middle of the ocean, and you can find them and take the barnacles off their back and use them as a crafting reagent. 
Huh. It is also noted that while you're mining them, the, the Kraken then goes underwater. Oh boy. Uh, and then you have to swim back to your ship. <laughs> so that's why there's a swimming skill. Good and then you're, in a de- then you're in deep water, and you don't know whether or not there's a Reaper Leviathan beneath you. Okay. <laughs> Enough about my Subnautica flashbacks. I think you're not the only one with those. I think I think people know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think what I what I really want to harp on as far as Valheim is that it has made these huge waves literally in the game and also in the sense that they have taken old concepts like you know a food bar, a health bar, a stamina bar and made them feel very new. Uh when you're consuming food, you get health and stamina buffs, but they're not required. They're a part of gameplay that can help you do things better, and you get more stamina so you can swim farther, cut more trees, fight more bad guys, and you're healthier so you're harder to kill, but you don't need to. It took a part of a very negative part for many survival crafting games that a lot of people prefer not to play with, and they made it this fun, integral part of the game People like going out and cooking food. Exactly. I mean, and I equate it back to, to Rust, where it's like you have a health bar or and a food bar and a, and a water bar. And it's not nearly as satisfying in those games where you have to like, oh, I just need to click on this and eat it so I don't die. The only thing you're doing it is so you, you aren't dying. Uh, there's no real like, you know, there's no stamina boost. There's no benefit to it. It's just a mechanic that forces you to harvest something other than metals and, and woods and whatnot. And so I think you're you're exactly right. They really made it so it's it's more integral to the experience rather than do this or die. Yeah, as a base builder, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that little gameplay like it's kind of like the game is just like, yeah, if you want to, you do not have to participate in this element of the game, but if you want to go off and do these parts, yeah, you probably should. It's like this yes and to the rule um, <laughs> that I think is like, it's really transformative for people like the, me in the multiplayer experience. You know, I think you all have found, I love to get very creative with my base building and just, you know. Your bases I, are I always so I, pretty though. You they're always, so have, awesome. They're so well laid out, easy to see everything. They're great. I think I really kind of get into that kind of stuff. And am I the most helpful uh, contributor to the team? Eh, probably not. <laughs> They're like, Dylan, what are you doing? Well, I've spent the last three hours making a pig pen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fighting a boss, where have you been? <laughs> but we have pigs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Satisfactory, I'm the same way. I think uh, the other guy that I'm, I'm playing with in Satisfactory probably has to hate me every now and then because he's like, hey, Dylan, about four hours ago, you said you were going to make a, a steel factory. Where are you on that? Uh, we're about like 25% done. It's going to look really cool, though. <laughs> we got the, we got the, the base layout. steel. The <laughs> um, so uh-huh. I'm one of those people, and I think the game enables that sort of like fun creativity for people that like to, like as the game kind of tries to sell you on, like, hey, have fun making this really cool Viking settlement. And I mm-hmm. kind of bought into that pretty hard. Well, and that <laughs> exactly goes into the next thing I kind of wanted to talk about, is just the aesthetic of it. Because it's not the most visually high definition like high fidelity sort of of game it's got kind of a a a blockier uh pixelized look to it in general but i think combined with the uh the elements are designed and the 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 real darkness of the game a lot of times it's very dark especially at nighttime you can't really see a lot and so it kind of plays into a moral more sort of a primal instinct in a way because you you don't really know what's out there you don't have the definition to see it it's just like 
some some craziness to it. And I think that it really creates a distinct visual style that you know, oh, this is Valheim, right? Yeah, I think Valheim is an excellent example of good gameplay, like really good, well-thought-out gameplay will basically resolve any bumps or blemishes on any video game. Uh, if the gameplay is good, you will not care that you're not playing an Ultra 4K uh hd mm-hmm. uh 240 hertz processing power like you just won't care right. and uh, the graphics aren't so yet. bad like the graphics aren't so bad yeah. that it takes you out of it it's not jarring like if you yeah. go back and play a game from yeah. like 2001 like the graphics or a lot of them are legitimately so bad and just so dated not necessarily bad but just it's it's so hard to really get into them at least i find it hard to. it's to a look hard to those. go back to yeah at the yeah. time they were great but now it's like what was what i wasn't even looking at what is this? And I mean, we're bouncing back to like, you know, at one point, Tomb Raider had Laura Croft with triangular boobs. That was the penultimate of design. Yeah. Uh, obviously. <laughs> but I think, you know, it came down to the fact that they didn't have a lot of polygons to work with. You couldn't make something more smooth than, you know, jagged edges on maps. And so your graphics had to match. And in Valheim, they did this really cool thing where their polygon counts are low. But the number of objects on screen is really high. Mm-hmm. So when you have a on. forest, you're, it's filled with bushes, it's filled with grass, it's filled with trees. There are deer walking around. You can see the wind blowing through the trees. Mm-hmm. And your character is standing there, you know, in your Viking armor with a longbow. And you're looking into the scene. It looks amazing. The, there are shafts of sunlight pouring in through the trees it's breathtaking and then you squint and then you recall ah yes the back of my head is a total of five <laughs> pixels <laughs> no, and it's, they, they, it's yeah, one I of the few games that. where you can squint and it looks worse when you're squinting <laughs> i think they did a good job of, de- of defining the overall picture so you don't mind the details not being there on certain things well, shit, that's a monster yeah. running at me. Ah, right. Like, you don't really. Yeah. Know that. Is that a monster or is that like some weird smudge on my screen? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at least, at the very least, they at least make a noise or the camera starts shaking because it's a troll. And oh, you yeah, at least yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the noises, Moose, as our as our audio engineer expert. Tell me about the noises. Oh, yeah. So I'm trying to think what sound. I You're talking to me enjoy. earlier about the deer sounds. In yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I can tell you a sound that I don't care for. And that's the. <laughs> The, when the deer gets spooked, they only use two audio files. <laughs> don't think they have any pitch variation. So you hear the and, it, and you hear that sound all the time because you're running through. You're inherently going to scare away some deer. Yeah, that is a sound that I care the least for. The sound that I think I enjoy the most. I, it probably has to be a crafting sound. I, I, I think it might be. Those gonna be good. The forge repair. Tink, 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 tink. We're just repairing um, it's pretty satisfying. I like that one. Yeah, well, it, it's it's a more umphy version of the the craft bench repair, yeah. and uh, you know immediately that I didn't just like repair it on the craft bench. No, man, I got a hammer and I whacked that thing, and it's right as rain. Uh, <laughs> I I think a very low key. I think right now that's the sound that comes to mind that I think okay. I enjoyed the most. Cool. Whoever, it's satisfying. Whatever. Whatever, yeah, it's satisfying. <laughs> Whatever one of the five people that worked on this studio did that, uh, they did a good job. <laughs> right on. I also wanted to talk about the story and the narr- the narrative behind Valheim, because I think that is also something that sets it apart from some of the other survival games uh, that mm-hmm. we've been 
we've gone through. And I think that there really is a, a an element to the story that in is present in Valheim that I haven't seen in a lot of other games done so well. I think they really do a great job of building the world that you're in, the lore. I mean, before you can even start a game, before you even every new character, you have to sit through the screen of lore as it comes through. And so you read it every time. It gives you a, a frame of reference for what you're doing in this world. And having monsters attacking you and bosses to fight, and even just your tutorial is really just a raven from Norse mythology coming in to talk to you all the time. Like They really do a good job of giving you an understanding of why you are surviving, right? Compared to other survival games, like take Rust, for example. There's no story to Rust. You're just some naked dude with a rock, right? That's it. Killing other dudes. And I think story-wise, Valheim goes the extra mile. What do you guys think? I think the best thing about Valheim is that the lore is also the tutorial. <laughs> um, no, so like what they do, so the Raven is great, right? Like the Raven is kind of like, hey, like, listen, um, a little bit like now. he's essentially your, you know, little Zelda fairy, but also there's rune stones that are scattered across the world. Oh, right, and right. They not only like give you an insight of like what the, what the hell is a gray dwarf and why do they all want to kill me? Um, it also explains like every now and then it'll straight up tell you a tip. This is going to be a mild spoiler, but there is actually a way that you can get pigs um, to be domesticated. It's really cool. And basically the only way that we figured it out was looking at these runes. Yeah. If you take that and you compare it to like a game like DayZ, where the game basically says, yes, yeah, screw you. Uh, and you have to alt tab go you know find a tutorial um, if you want to even remotely get close to enjoying mm -hmm. the game whereas Valheim mm -hmm. I think what a lot of people enjoy I think like I was talking to a friend of mine who like basically he's like don't tell me anything because this is a game that you can actually the fun of it is actually figuring stuff out on your own mm -hmm. and having that experience of like wait a second I put these two things together and I got this um, which I think is really <laughs> rare in a game like this where you are given a set of tools and you know enough about those tools that you can do creative, cool things and also occasionally surprising things as you progress through the story. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't think I've, it's been very rare these days in like the Internet era that, you know, you don't play a game and you're like, I need to watch a YouTube video because... What the hell is going on? You know, like there's a it's lot of games common. like that out yeah. these days, especially with oh, our power just came back on. Yay! Oh. Um, especially with um, uh, indie games, like you know, kind of kind of like mm -hmm. what you would expect from a yep. title like Valheim. Mm -hmm. Well, because you don't expect them to have that tutorial built out when they go early access. Yeah, like, Here's in, the in comparison play, to like a triple A, you know, like let's Even spoon then. feed everything to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's another podcast. That topic. is another podcast. Why trip Amen. So I'm gonna, if it's all right, I'm gonna grab your hand and run along with you there. Yeah. The progression of Valheim is incredible. You guys nailed it on the head, I seal. And I'm gonna try to draw some roots back to a different game. Yeah, disagree if you will, but at least that's where I see the roots coming from. It's got world pacing, sort of like Subnautica, where there's, mm -hmm. There is a grand story. Maybe not every action needs to correlate to it, but the world opens up at the same rate in Valheim and Subnautica, where certain objectives are met, and then it opens up so many possibilities. And at no point in time do you feel like you're just trapped, doing one thing the entire time, grinding just for this one purpose. No, you feel like you're progressing. 
it feels like something's moving forward. And it also has character progression. Sort of like, uh, I mean, pick an RPG. You're leveling up your skills as you're becoming a better fighter, as you're becoming a better woodcutter, as you're becoming a better sprinter. And while that doesn't necessarily have a massive effect on the game, it makes you feel like you're always moving forward. And here's a spoiler. When you move to the Bronze Age, dude, you unlock so much stuff and you say to yourself, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is amazing. This could never happen again. It could never be this (laughs) epic. And then it happens again and again (laughs) and again. And the progression just never ends. Everything keeps opening up and it feels so badass. The the toolbox or the box of toys that this game presents mm-hmm. with you to like play with is really vast and and I think the whole term early access has a lot of different meanings these days oh, but God. I think it was so refreshing and weird at the same time to see a yes. game come out like this where they were like yeah we're gonna release it early access because I think we really want to support it a lot more but we want to see what people think and it's like this bombshell of a game that like most AAA studios would like dream to like release mm-hmm. and on like this game was built by five people like it, it right. feels like a finished polished game but they're like yeah it's early access we're going to add a lot of more stuff to it when you're talking about multiplayer experience i think its biggest weakness is that you can only have 10 people and it's weird mm-hmm. for a game like this when you got to a 10 person limit it's very easy to have a friend group or a family group together and actually hit that number and this game almost wants more people than 10 i think for a fun pve experience i think if you upped it up okay. to like 20 or 40 you could have some real crazy social experiences with this type of game well i think that is where it can become a bit more of a pvp even because that point, yeah. when you have twenty or forty players, you can have you can actually have multiple clans on different parts of the world, competing for resources. And I think that would very much change the dynamic of the game. Um, be surprised if that's something the devs are like, yeah, we'll definitely see if we can make that happen in the future. I'm sure there's a whole lot of yeah. you know network logistics that would have to go into that sort of thing, just making it stable for that many players. But I mean, we've seen bigger changes in gameplay in like GTA servers going from 32 to 160. Like it's possible. Yeah. And especially with them switching to community servers, I'm sure they're going to go to a point where you can have your own private server and all that kind of stuff. And That's maybe even happen. mods too. Your own modded servers of all sorts of content. Who knows what, yeah. who knows what the future holds for Valheim. But I think the combat is fun enough that I think a PvP experience with some people that you're deliberately going out to do PvP would be fun. I don't think that's why people come to this game, but I think Mm -hmm. in the future, to spice it up, as Adam had said, if nothing changes, this game may eventually get stale when the procedural generation runs out of new things to throw at you. I think Mm -hmm. that kind of PvP experience would be pretty cool. Well, that does kind of lead into my next question, or one of my next questions is, is how would Valheim rate as a, a pseudo-competitive multiplayer game? Like, do you think there's potential for like a, a PvP system where you have like a clan and you fight each other? Do you think there's any sort of potential for that in the future? Would Are you fun? asking me if this is going to be an eSport? Do you think it could be an <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. Uh, the future of eSports is Valheim. You heard it here my first, My hot folks. take is no, but I think it would be... <laughs> Is that a hot take? <laughs> Is it though? Based on my professional opinion, <laughs> no. Um, but you know, everything throws you for a loop. There was competitive farming simulator. So what? anything's Yeah, there was a tournament for farming simulator. I think I saw that. Um uh, it was something. <laughs> I, I don't know how No, I mean... it, it's it's kinda like when you go to the Olympics and uh, you get a ticket to see 
curling, uh, curling gets some some Olympic attention. I I think uh, <laughs> I don't know. There maybe maybe there's competitive boar husbandry, right? How many <laughs> how many how many boars? <laughs> yeah, you have Bring three hours. Line. How many pigs can you make? Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I do think we'll see a speed run of this eventually. Like, how fast could you kill, you know, five bosses? Maybe might be almost probably. Certainly. I don't know. Almost I certainly. think that'd be kind of cool. Competitive Valheim might make a good YouTube video, but I don't think it'd be like people aren't high caliber, millions of views watching the greatest Valheim it's players. Not the next Overwatch, then, is what you're saying. No, but I think there's plenty of opportunity for content creation, and I think that's totally fine and also a great Agreed. experience. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything to add to that, uh, Adam? You know what? Uh, I think there's a lot of potential in the sense that, like you guys said, if there were more players, there'd be a ton of PvP potential. But most importantly, there's a ton of content potential, which I think yeah. that's kind of where games like Rust and Ark really... You know, they push people into fighting one another. You could get a lot out of a Dark Soulsian style combat. You know, stamina management, getting behind someone, ambushing them, mm-hmm. which is all stuff you did in Dark Souls when you wanted a PvP. I will say, I think uh, on the opposite side of like a PvP multiplayer thing, I yeah. think there could be a lot of potential for uh, an RP for role playing. I don't know if you guys keep up with like GTA role playing or anything, but that's been huge on Twitch for years now, where people. Are just playing the game, but they're playing it in a different manner than was really designed. They're role-playing characters within the within the world, right? And I think this game could have a similar, maybe not nearly the same reach as like a GTA one, but it could be a lot of fun to have a role-playing server. Yeah, you're you're digital larping with this kind of game. And in fact, I would actually argue in our first main multiplayer experience, we kind of did to a certain degree get into it. where we, we we randomly decided that one of our friends was going to be the Jarl of our <laughs> of our, our chief clan. Um, well, he was hosting and, the server, so it made sense. Yeah, he was hosting the <laughs> server, uh, so you know inherently that makes him king. Uh, <laughs> just something as simple as that, like and just a little bit of role play with that. I think this game has swaths of potential. In that it capacity. has so much content potential. I guess the one one more thing I wanted to talk about was staying power. Obviously, with uh, early access games, they kind of come in waves as far as, oh, there's a new update, and everyone plays it for a month or two, and then it kind of falls off the radar again. Yeah. Do you think that's going to be what happens with Valheim? Do you think it's going to go through those those same stages? Or do you think this is something that might have a bit more of a, just of a of staying power? Of just people are going to play it through those declines? I think this game is going to feel a lot like Satisfactory. Certainly. Um, it's so funny because it, it is exactly the same parent company that manages both titles. I think there's actually a lot of similarities between the two games when you look at just how they were designed, just from like a core gameplay mechanic. Like you can tell uh, the producers from both studios talked. Um, you mean in, in sort of like the design philosophy of both of those games? I feel like you know if they're if they're going to be doing early access and the game already feels really strong because Satisfactory felt really strong when it first came out. But just to see it evolve and get even better over time will be its true staying power, I think. What you're probably going to see are some community updates. Suddenly you're like, oh man, we got to do another run through. Like, <laughs> let's go, baby. Spin right. up the characters, you know. Yeah. You log um, in a Discord and you find a full voice chat channel with 10 people running Yeah, around. you're like, what happened? What are they oh, doing? Oh, Alheim oh, update yeah. came out. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do think eventually this game will probably not die down per se, it, do the thing. Its player base will shift. It'll level yeah. out. 
yeah, it'll level out. So, and I think part of that leveling that'll occur is that there's a lot of people who are in it for the adventure, for the progression, for that, you know, getting to the next bar and moving forward. But the thing is, is there's mystery to that. And once you've solved the mystery, the mystery goes away. And in part, that's why a lot of people only play story games once because they, you know, they already have the story and they don't want, they, get the they don't want yeah. to just play the gameplay. They also wanted that mystery, that resolution. So in part, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to, so to speak, beat the game for the first time, or maybe a couple times and later when they get some big patches, maybe they'll do it again. But if, you know, if there's anyone out there who's got the kind of play style where you play a story game or a campaign precisely once and then you never really touch it again, this will still be super fun, but I think you're going to taper off. But for all those people who can get onto Minecraft day after day building these epic structures or entire cities, you know, those folks who built a one-to-one scale of King's Landing, right? Yeah, uh, those folks are going to love Valheim all the time because there's so much you can do. You can build long boats, you can build villages, you can build walls. And surprisingly, it's really it's a really good building experience. Like you said, Moose, there's a lot like the snap to grid works really well. It's really simple. It's really intuitive and it handles a lot like satisfactory. It's easy to build everything and it, it's a lot of fun. So if that's your style of game, you're going to play Valheim for a long time. Cool. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to add there, Moose? I'm still blown away by the fact that this was made by five people. It's, it's a lot incredible. of detail for. Yeah. I mean, how long do we know how long it was in development for? Like two or three Don't years, maybe. Don't know the specifics on that one. I'd have to re-record that answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> so moving on now to our summary impression sort of wrap up of our talk about Valheim here. Hey, Adam, yep. what is the Dark Souls difficulty rating of Valheim? <laughs> Okay, so uh, Dark Souls is obviously still a harder game in some cases. You don't lose all your equipment when you die, which is a bonus in Dark Souls. But Valheim has the same sort of stamina management like Dark Souls in combat. You got to take care of yourself while still trying to go on the offensive. It's got giant monsters to slay. It's got epic bosses to fight. It's got death metal rifts rifts while you're playing uh, against the bosses, which is awesome. And all in all, it's a challenging game, but a game you always feel like you can stand back up and keep trying in. And for that, I'd give it, as far as difficulty goes, probably a three out of five. Okay, right in the middle. So I think most importantly for Valheim specifically is really how you guys felt about it as a a co-op game to play with friends. Like, is this something you'd recommend to people? Is this a game you're going out and saying, dude, you got to come play this with me? Or is this something that's like, eh, it's fine on its own, whatever with friends. What did you guys think? How I view it is, when you think about like the replayability of the multiplayer experience, so like my cousin just messaged me today and he's like, dude, do you want to play some Valheim? And I thought to myself, I was like, yeah, okay, so I've started a multiplayer game with my friend group. I have my own solo playthrough. I probably have another one with uh, some friends at the mod that I work on. And then my cousin just reached out being like, hey, man, (laughs) do you want to do a run through? And all I could think of was like, hell yeah, like, I would love to do a run through with you, too. You know, I think this game is definitely at at its strongest when you're playing with people and it's you, you and your friends getting together and overcoming the obstacles of this game. And it's so much more fun 
when people band together in this experience and enjoy what this game has to offer together. The the survival mechanic is not like you surviving like hunger and water. It's like the bad guys are the survival, right? Like they're the big scary thing that's out oh, there. Yeah. They're and to like all the time by play and, and like in a multiplayer experience sometimes you kind of forget how much mortal danger you're in uh because when you're with a couple buddies and you're shooting arrows at everything they go down but like mm-hmm. you play a solo run through and like they come even they, they come at you man <laughs> and they're scary and like i died so many more times like in a solo run through uh than in like the pve with buddies and then you like but it's so much more satisfying with friends to be like all right yeah let's mess up this troll we got this so to answer your question in a very long-winded way yeah man like it's it's fun to play with friends all right we'll rate that at the yes man it's fun to play with friends cool okay that sounds pretty Certainly. high what about you adam you know what there's a lot of games that restarting and restarting again makes it get stale this game in particular i feel like if you do it too many times maybe it will but I also feel like the cinematic moments you can have with friends and the fact that it's a creative game, which creative games, in my opinion, are best shared with other people so that you can show them your creativity. It's a great way to experience other people being creative, to show other people what you're doing to be creative, and also to go on an adventure together. That's pretty much a perfect survival crafting game co-op for me. So it's amazing. And that's our take on Valheim. Certainly a great adventure and something worth checking out. Thanks to Moose and Tarantulas here for voicing some very insightful uh, commentary and insight. You can find us on Twitter at Skull404 and at Dylan J.M. Ray. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Throwaway Dialogue, and we hope that you'll find us next time as well. Thanks for listening. Five million.